Today on Coming Up Winners, we're talking about the Thursday night game. Money pouring in on the underdog. The dog's about to become the favorite. Also, listen, if you followed my 1 p.m. NFL lock of the week last week, I got another one this week. Thank you, Seattle. Let's see if this week's team can deliver. I'm going to try to build on my 4-1 weekend in college football. Mr. Andrew Lynch has an epic night in sports covered. All four pro sports are in action tonight. We got, we're going to talk about the Lakers home opener Saturday. Is there value on LeBron? Let's go! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Coming Up Winners, your favorite sports gambling podcast. I'm your host, Jason McIntyre. We are very excited, Mr. Andrew Lynch, about this coming weekend in sports baseball playoffs. We got the NBA in full swing. We strangely love a lot of the same teams this weekend in the NFL. We'll dabble in college, a little LeBron, but Mr. Lynch, I want you to get us started an epic night this Thursday in sports. LeBron James, the king is back, the NBA is back, and it's one of the greatest days of the year, J-Mac. We have all four major sports in action on the same night. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of, about a, a parlay where you get to play each of those sports. Bet $10 to win. Oh, I don't know, maybe 236 bucks. Get you uh, some nice beer money for the rest of the month. Beer money? That's Let's a nice go. date dinner money. Ooh, you, you a fan of those $200 dates, J-Mac? Not particularly. I was not back when I was broke and 23 years old. Uh, <laughs> but, Lynch, why don't you go ahead? Do you want to give it to us now? Let's just wet their beak. Give us the four games. Absolutely. And let's start with some Thursday night football. We've got the Denver. Denver Broncos, who early this morning were one-point favorites against the Arizona Cardinals. That's now down to a pick'em. So I'm taking Denver there. We'll talk about what? that a little bit later in this podcast. What? I know, I know. We're mostly on the same side. That's one where we disagree. Ooh. I'm rolling with LeBron James and my newly adopted Los Angeles <laughs> Lakers plus three at Portland Wait tonight. Wait a sec, Lynch. The Lakers have lost 15 straight to Portland. That's a trend that every NBA gambling guy is talking about. They today. sure are. Now, J-Mac, answer me a question. How many of those 15 losses did the Lakers have the best player on the planet, arguably the greatest NBA player of all time, LeBron James, on their roster? None? I think the answer is none. So, yeah. When <laughs> trends. You, you know, trends are great when they're actionable. And, you know, I think that trend is out there. And listen, I don't mean to impugn anybody's credibility as a, as a tout or as a gambler. But I just want to warn our audience. When you see someone really leaning on a trend like that where you go, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. Chances are they don't have a strong read on that game. And listen, it happens to the best of us. But just just be kind of wary of anyone who's uh, peddling that particular trend. And Lynch, there are a lot of new folks in the gambling space. A lot of uh, amateurs, you know, and I, I'm learning every day. I consider myself still in the amateur stages. But when I see these people pushing these trends, it's easy to gobble them up. I'll have friends text me. Hey, did you see, uh, you know, LeBron is 12-1-1 for this trend? And I'm like... That doesn't really mean anything. It's just like a juicy number, but ultimately it means nothing. Like it's easy to digest, but it, it 
takes you nowhere. So, be, folks, be wary of the trends. All right, Lynch, continue your other two. Then I've got the Boston Red Sox plus 170 tonight against the Houston Astros. I think off. I think we're on pace Ooh. for a Red Sox-Dodgers World Series. It's going to be a lot of fun. That would be Can good for business. L- good for business, best for business. And L.A. and Boston rivalry as we've got the Celtics starting to heat up. They're going to be the best team in the East. we got Ooh. LeBron and the Lakers, a little cross-sport. L.A.-Boston. Can't wait. And then for my uh, hockey friends out there, we're staying in Los Angeles, but we're taking the New York Islanders plus 150 against the Kings. Kings have a lot of injury questions right now. We're not quite sure what that L.A. team is going to look like moving forward this NHL season. So again, Denver, pick them. Lakers plus three, Red Sox plus 170, Islanders plus 150, $10 parlay to win you $236 and get you a little bit of skin in every major sport on this fine, fine Thursday. What a great start to the weekend, right? I mean, just an awesome night. If you follow Lynch's advice, hey, give him a shout out. Pat him on the back, wouldn't you? All right, let's move on, folks. Next up, Lynch, we've got Put Up or Shut Up, the most fun hashtag gambling game on social media. You know the drill by now, folks. You get to pick the game. You tweet it or Instagram it at us and use the hashtag put up or shut up. And I get to pick the side. If I lose, I pay you money. Cash. And if I win, you will say nice things about the podcast and give us a five-star review. The first bet comes in from Amart95. I think I might have lost to him, Producer Conrad, earlier this season. And he's thrown a brutal one at me. Cowboys-Redskins. Now, Lynch, this is one of those games, division rivalry, short line, I would ordinarily stay away from this. And, I, I you know, I, the numbers to me say this is a toss-up. Everything I see says toss-up. But for the sake of put up or shut up, I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys to register their first road win of the season. My logic and Lynch, I want you to poke holes in it. I know the Redskins just beat the Panthers, and a lot of people considered that like an upset, even though they were favored, I believe, by one. Maybe the line moved over uh, to Panthers by one by kick. But they were unimpressive in that game. Alex Smith didn't throw for 200 yards. They rode two early turnovers to a 14-0 lead and basically held on. Cam Newton at the end could not deliver. I have not loved what I've seen from the Redskins the last two weeks. Now, the Cowboys, this is a big one. Sean Lee practiced Wednesday. Keep an eye on that. We know the splits with him and without him. They're a very good defense. But without him, Jalen Smith, the Notre Dame great linebacker, and their rookie Van Der Esch from, uh, I believe, Boise State, they have emerged as players. If you add Sean Lee, that's a nasty front seven. So monitor the Sean Lee situation. I'm going to take Cowboys here. Mr. Amart 95 Lynch, any thoughts? I think that's probably a solid bet. This comes down to me to how much do you value Washington's home field advantage. By DVOA, these two teams are about the same. Dallas is 20th, Washington's 22nd. Um, neither was really lighting the world on fire on offense. Both kind of mediocre to solid defenses. If Lee's back, and I think there's... I think the Cowboys are probably going to keep him sidelined this week. They've got their bye next week. That gives them a little bit of time to make sure he's 100% right. But if there's any chance that he plays, I think Dallas at plus two, which is where this number is as we're recording now, is solid. Um, again, to your point, I think I would probably stay away from this game. Mm-hmm. But in put up or shut up, I think I like Dallas here. Give me so the dog. For the record, Producer Conrad, we got plus two. I'm seeing the board light up. 
not the Westgate, but everywhere else is down to one and a half. So let's monitor that. That means I think some sharps are on my side, but we'll see. Next up in hashtag put up or shut up, my man, Jay Prez 11. I played pickup basketball with him back in Pennsylvania. He's a big fan of the podcast. He proposed, hey, God, Zooks, Detroit at Miami. Meaning, I've got to ride with the Lions on the road or Brock Osweiler. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going with Brocktober. Uh, I'm taking the Dolphins getting three points here. The number was two and a half. It's up to three. I've got the Dolphins plus three at Prez 11 And, you know, again, this is another stay away from me, mostly because I don't think the Dolphins should be favored over anybody, not with that defense. Uh, They've got to go outside. It appears like it's going to be 90 degrees in the heat in Miami. We saw what the Bears defense did in that heat last weekend. They kind of wilted. Well, Detroit's got a much worse defense, uh, but I would be reluctant to put money on Brock Osweiler. But because you guys picked the game and I make a side, I'm going with Miami plus three here. Lynch, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, Miami's solid value here. I really like home underdogs this season, uh, particularly when that home underdog is, you know, forcing teams to play in that sweltering Florida weather. This Dolphins team continues to befuddle me. They are sixth right now in overall DVOA. Obviously, that overstates a team that has gone from Ryan Tannehill to Brock Osweiler at quarterback, but I think they're still getting a little bit of credit for some of their early season performance. This is a solid defensive team. I think the Dolphins probably get the win here outright, um, and so I love them at plus three. Okay. Baby, you are so money, and you don't even know it. Next up, good bet, bad bet. We will break down games we absolutely like, or maybe just like a little more than that in love, and we would put down a mid-sized car payment, or I would pull money out of my kid's college fund and back them. I also, folks, I know you've been getting on my case because I'm not giving out super contest picks here. Listen, this is a week-long process. I'm now 21-9. and nine. That's 70% in the contest. I started 13-2, and two, but I faded a little bit, 8-7 and seven in my last... Uh, three weeks so I do like two games that I'm going to give out here in the super contest producer Conrad what's up first first up we have the early game Titans and Chargers Chargers are minus six and a half but the game is in London yeah this one uh this is an inflated line we talked Monday on the podcast Lynch this on the look ahead was three or three and a half it's now six and a half I'm seeing a couple sevens I'm reluctant to go Chargers, but I do want to add this before you go. The Tennessee Titans, if you read their personal website, Titans Online or whatever it's called, they say they're leaving for London today. Okay? We know with the time change that they'll get there Friday. They have laid out their plan. They want to get off across the pond flight and then practice a couple hours later. They've never been to London before. We saw the Raiders try this. I know they came from the West Coast. Titans, of course, coming from Nashville. This does not seem like a good strategy. Now, in London, favorites 14-8 and against the spread. I know trends, blah, blah, blah. However, the Chargers have played in London before. They knew after Cleveland, we're not flying back to the West Coast. We're just going to hang out here, then go to London. They left early. The Chargers are going to be better prepared. We've seen this time and time again. Last week, Seattle, right? The Raiders waited. They got blown out. They were never in that game. Somebody was tweeting at me. A Saints-Dolphins game. The Dolphins tried the same thing, and the Saints just blew them out like 20 to nothing uh, recently. I'm telling you, I think the play here, I initially had thought Titans are nothing, but I do believe 
Chargers or nothing. Titans have never been to London, and they were quoting about, we want to spend time with our families before we go. Dude, do that in the offseason. Your football team is your family. <laughs> no, I listen, I the Chargers, as long as this doesn't get to seven, and I'm, I got it at six and a half first thing this morning, I love L.A. here. I think the Chargers are probably the most underrated team in the NFL as we get into week seven. Uh, they're third in offensive DVOA, but even that doesn't necessarily say how good they are on that side of the ball because they're third in passing DVOA and fifth in rushing DVOA. They are dominating both aspects on offense, and they're fifth in total DVOA. Meanwhile, what does Tennessee do well, J-Mac? <laughs> no, honestly. Well, they don't protect their quarterback. <laughs> they don't score touchdowns. They had a good half against the Eagles, basically. And what? so you would say, if you had to man- mention something, you would say their defense, right? You think their defense is pretty good. They're okay. fifth in yards per play allowed. And that seems like really, really good. Yards per play is yeah. one of those stats we talk about is most indicative of a team's true level of performance. But that's based on the strength of slowing down the Buffalo Bills, who are on pace for a historically bad offense, averaging 3.7 yards per play on offense. Uh, The second worst offense in the NFL, which we'll talk about a little bit, the Arizona Cardinals, they're at 4.4. So the Bills, the worst offense in the NFL, are 0.7 yards per play worse than the next worst offense. And then slowing down the Jacks. That's where Tennessee is really managed to make hay on defense. Are you impressed by either of those results? Nine, no. no. Not so when you adjust for opponent, they're 15th in defensive DVOA. They're mediocre against both the pass and the run. Tennessee doesn't do anything well here. Chargers by more than a touchdown. Interesting. Good now, bet. Now the public is all over, obviously, the Chargers. And I know I've talked about this just briefly. I'm in a pick'em league. You can see where the public is picking and when you see 70% or more Lynch that's a sign hey that's Joe Schmo on the street who knows nothing but last week's results and and the narratives are in his head I'm telling you if you fade anyone getting 70% or more this season 923 and 1 they're only hitting 37% Chargers currently getting 74 75% of the public picks the pick that's why I would not take this, but Lynch, you're going all in. Whole hog chargers. Give me Phillip Rivers. All right, producer Conrad, what's up next? Next up, we have New Orleans traveling up north to play the Ravens. Ravens are minus two and a half. This is gonna be one of my picks in the super contest. I, I'm not coming off of it. When you look at this defense, Lynch, opposing quarterback completion percentage, fifty-five percent, number one in the league. Opposing quarterback yards per attempt, number one. Opposing QB rating, number one. I mean, they're, this defense, now they got Jimmy Smith back in the secondary. Very good. And also, the public is, uh, they're on this, uh, the road underdog here and the Saints. Now, I don't know what they're seeing, but guess how many games the Saints have played outdoors this season? One! New York Giants. They have played three home games. They got Atlanta in a dome on the road. And what happened when they went outside? Outside their comfort zone, the dome. And they had to play the Giants. They got off to a slow start. Michael Thomas did not dominate that game. Giants led 7-0 after a quarter. The first half, the mighty Saints against a lowly defense in the Giants could only muster four field goals. Now, Kamara did end up running all over the Giants and they pulled away and covered. This is a totally different animal. I believe the Ravens are the play here. Lynch, your thoughts? I agree. It's not going to be particularly cold and windy according to the the weather forecast in Baltimore, but it's certainly going to take New Orleans out of their comfort zone. Uh, we've talked a lot about getting 
information from various sources and then just trying to synthesize it into one true read on a game and on a number. One of the sources that I've mentioned a lot is the Action Network. I'm fond of their, their coverage of sports gambling. And each week they release what they call their matchup manifesto that looks at a couple of different kind of combined stats. And the one that I really like and I've mentioned before is combined pressure rate. How much pressure is a defensive line getting and how much pressure is the offensive or the opposing offensive line preventing? And how do those two kind of tie together? Well, the Ravens have one of the lowest combined pressure rates against New Orleans. That is to say New Orleans is going to really, really struggle to get to Joe Flacco here. And this Baltimore team, as long as they don't turn the ball over, is a juggernaut because of that defense. I think Baltimore minus two and a half is a good, good bet here. I do wonder if the Saints run defense might be one of the deciding factors here. They have the best run defense in the NFL. What? Yeah. That's it's shocking, right? Huh. That, I wonder if that's something that would get me to come off the Ravens. Because when you think Saints defense this year, they have not been particularly good. I mean, the Bucks lit them up, but that was through the air. And that's the thing, right? They're 30th in pass, uh, pass defense DVOA, but first in rush defense DVOA. Even allowing for that, because New Orleans is on the road, I do like Baltimore minus two and a half here. I think this is a good bet by you. This is going to be one of my favorite games so far this season. I cannot mm-hmm. wait for this offense versus defense matchup. One one final stat here. So someone at Brick Wall Blitz went through and totaled quarterback hits allowed through week six. The Saints are first. Drew Brees has not really been hit at all. Only 17 times at the other end of the spectrum, of course, <laughs> Deshaun Watson, 70, which is obscene. But nobody's getting to Brees. Uh, this is a good Baltimore front seven. It's not like great, like Terrell Suggs in his prime great, but this is a sneaky good defense that's number one in so many categories. I got to go with the Ravens, getting two and a half. I mean, you, you, luckily, no, let me ask finally. We're not favored by three here, right? Three, the key number. What does 2.5 mean to the better, the untrained eye? Why isn't this a field goal? We've mentioned this a couple of times. Home field advantage in the NFL isn't quite worth what it used to be. It's no longer the full three points. It's closer to two and a half, maybe two and three quarters. And so that to me says that essentially Vegas is treating these two teams as a coin flip. One is an elite offense. One is an elite defense. And this comes down to the fact that the game is in Baltimore. And do you think the public obviously coming in on the Saints, Vegas knew that would happen. They're more public. Hey, folks, we're just trying to educate you a little and learn a lot ourselves as well. All right, Producer Conrad, what is up next? Up next, we have the New England Patriots traveling to the Bears in Chicago. Bears are plus three. Well, I said I was going to give out my 1 p.m. game that I absolutely love, and last week it was Seattle. And I know this is going to be difficult to stomach for some of you, but I think Bears three. If you can get three and a half, tremendous. It could steam up to three and a half on game day, but I believe the Bears plus three are the side here. I don't think there's any question about it. This is my uh, two for the money special, if you will, whatever funny quote you want from Mr. Brandon Lang in that great gambling movie. And by great, I mean that sarcastically, of course. But this is one where the public is all over the road favorite. And of course, we know the Chicago Bears, trend alert, they're tremendous as a home underdog. Now we know twice Trubisky's been a favorite gone on the road, didn't cover in Arizona, went on the road, didn't cover in Miami as a home dog. 9-1-1 one, one since 2016. Now I know they've got a new head coach and you know Khalil Mack is there now, but 
this is how Lynch stats get skewed. So the Bears were third in opponents' yard per play before the Miami game. 5.1. Of course, Brock Osweiler goes bananas. They fell down to 15th in one game. In four quarters, well, four and a half quarters, they fell down from third to 15th at 5.6. Now, well, that means the Bears' defense stinks. Lynch, let me counter this. They weren't ready for Brock Osweiler. You know, Brock... No I mean, one is. No one was ready. They had no game plan, no tape on him. You know, close to 100 degrees. I'm not making excuses for them, but the they, they turned the ball over twice inside the 10-yard line, gave up some enormously big plays. And my last note, Khalil Mack. For the first game this season, he didn't have a sack and a forced fumble. In fact, he had neither of them. I know he did have a sprained ankle. But when Khalil Mack sees what Belichick said this week, when somebody asked, hey, uh... Do you think of Khalil Mack in the same breath as Lawrence Taylor? Belichick scoffed. Now, this was the same Belichick who a couple years ago said, yeah, J.J. Watt is in the LT discussion. I'm not saying Khalil Mack is on the same plane as LT, but Khalil Mack can change games. And that Patriots offensive line has been shaky at times. I'm expecting Khalil Mack to serve notice to Belichick. Hey, I'm, I'm one of the best defensive players in the league. I'm coming. I love the Bears here, plus three. Talk me out of it. Are the Patriots shaky on the offensive line? Well, you know, this is a team that won on the road, and the two times they've gone on the road, Tom Brady did not look good against defenses. Detroit, now you could say, fine, Matt Patricia, he knows Belichick, uh, spent 13 years there. The Lions defense did get to Brady. He struggled in that game. They also held the ball 39 minutes. Now, Against the Jags, you could argue, well, that's a great defense. The Jags pressured him. Brady didn't get didn't get the job done. But that's on the road. I do believe on the road, this offensive line has not been great. What do the numbers? What if I told you that the New England Patriots had the third best offensive line in the NFL this season, both in run blocking and in protecting the quarterback? Okay. I would ask that came against, let's see, Kansas City, who's abysmal. Uh, Houston in the opener, pretty abysmal. Uh, they got the Miami Dolphins at home. We know the Dolphins in that game were a joke. Is that have to do with facing opposing defenses and playing at home? No, because this is a DVOA-based so, metric that does adjust for uh, opponent. And granted, we're only six weeks into the season, heading into week seven, so we're not making the full adjustment uh, for opponent's strength quite yet. Uh, but that is striking to me. And it's yeah. a particularly striking to me because the Patriots are so incredibly balanced with Sonny Michelle. Like, this is a team that is eighth in rushing DVOA and eighth in passing DVOA. So I got to say, J-Mac, Bears plus three, I think that's a bad bet. I think the Patriots probably cover here. And if you like the Patriots and you haven't gotten in yet, it opened at Patriots minus two and a half. That's where I got my action in. Mm. There's a very good chance it comes to Patriots minus two and a half again. You, so you don't think it'll go up to three and a half? It's, right now, it's juiced the other way. You're, you're, you're paying minus 125 to get plus three on the Bears. Hmm. Uh, Bears are sharp since that line has moved, about 14% sharp, which means about 14% more money is coming in relative to the number of tickets. I think you're going to get this at New England minus two and a half. And for me, that's the bet. I don't hate Chicago plus three at that, you know, at that important number of three. The Bears are a fine pick there. I just think this Patriots team is going to confuse Mitch Trubisky. 
And I think that they win by by at least three. Interesting. Now you're right. Tom Brady only been sacked eight times. I'm gonna put my money on the Bears. That that defensive line. Well, I guess we'll see if they can hold up. And if the Patriots do win this, you can go ahead and put them in the discussion. The Super Bowl discussion would be back on if they win convincingly. To recap, good bet, bad bet. We are both on the Chargers favored in London over the Titans. We both are on the Baltimore Ravens, favored by two and a half at home against the Saints. And we are split. I love, love, love the Bears. Plus three. Lynch would say wait for the Patriots to be two and a half and take it. Thursday night football on paper, Lynch. It's not a barn burner on Fox Sports. It's a great night in sports. We know that. So you'll have one TV on Broncos at Cardinals. Denver a against the spread nightmare this year. One, four, and one. However, their cover was last week against the Rams as we gave out here on the podcast. You gave out. Oh, I'll, I'll take credit for that. Thank I'll you. take my L. <laughs> Vance Joseph. We know he's been a bit of de- uh, Vance Joseph. We know he's been a bit of a debacle. Listen, there's some chatter. He may not make it to Halloween. Okay, John Elway's out scouting quarterbacks for next year. Uh, looking at the Oregon QB, not exactly focusing on Case Keenum. I absolutely Lynch have made this my number one pick on Thursday night so far this season. I am heavily invested in the Arizona Cardinals. Now I know all the metrics say uh you know the Cardinals offense is abysmal and yada 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 remember Sam Bradford started what the first two or three games I mean Josh Rosen has not been great they were able to stay within the number they got a push last week in Minnesota I just believe that you know if you want to look at road teams on Thursday night football one and four uh the only one was last week Philadelphia which drove up the turnpike to the Giants Lynch, I just I feel like the Broncos' run defense has given up over 200 yards each of the last two weeks. Jets and Rams. This feels like the game David Johnson's been begging for all season. I know fantasy owners very upset. Hey, don't blame David Johnson. Uh, blame the head coach who has no clue what he's doing. It's a battle of two bad head coaches, in my opinion. Final note, the Arizona Cardinals offensive coordinator, Mike McCoy, hasn't done a great job, right? Where was he last year? In Denver. So he knows this defense well. I just think Arizona, we know the lines come down from, I believe it was three early in the week, two and a half, maybe a juice three. It's come down to pick. I wouldn't be shocked if by kickoff, Arizona was favored. Now, we did see this last week. Remember, money poured in on the Giants. That was clearly the wrong side. But give me Josh Rosen at home to pick up a good win over just a reeling Denver team. I think if I'm going to play this game, Outside of my Thursday night every sport parlay, of course, I'm looking at the under. 42 and a half, 42 is the number. I don't trust either of these offenses to to matriculate the ball down the field. But my play, and I, I said this at the top in our Thursday night parlay, I like the Broncos as a pick'em here. And I'm actually very confused as to why you're taking Arizona. Is it on the strength of do you really it does do you think David Johnson has that breakout game here? Because I don't. Arizona's 32nd last in rushing offensive DVOA this season. The Broncos, they're second. The Broncos have an elite component to their game. They rush the ball very, very well. When you look at the rest of this game, I don't think either side does anything else very well. And so I will hang my hat on a team that at least can do something at an elite level. That's that's why I like the Broncos Listen, that's a good point. Uh, Arizona, I believe, gave up 150 yards to Latavius Murray 
on the ground. And the Vikings' offensive line was nothing. They couldn't get a 100-yard rusher so far this season, and Murray went bananas. Lynch, and listen, I don't want to go too deep into this whole fade the public thing, but we nearly named this podcast Fade the Public. It was one of the finalists as we were coming up with the names. The public is all over Vance Joseph and the Broncos on the road, yet the line is cratering. Now, whether you want to call that reverse line movement or whatever— I've gotten into some dust-ups on social media with, with these jokers. Who you are like, know. <laughs> with some of these jokers who are like, hey, man, you can't just fade the public and win. And, yeah, you know, to a point, that's true. And, and I've talked with Scott Van Pelt about this, the Sports Center host. He loves to fade the public. He's gotten in dust-ups with these jabronis on social media. I, I, I do believe in certain spots you can do that. Um, but again, this isn't blackjack where you need hard and fast rules to, over the long haul to hit. Again, Lynch, how is 68% of the public riding with the Broncos here? Do you think a lot of that has to do with, oh, they just covered against the Rams. That, that was a close one. I, I mean, we I watched that game closely because I was on the Broncos. It was 20-3 to three in the third quarter. They had nothing. They basically came in the back door. Uh, they basically came in the back door and Todd Gurley was like, I'm just going to ground this out. Let's not get anybody else hurt. You know, let's just control the clock. Broncos got a lucky sack there late uh, to keep them out, out of the end zone. This is not a good Denver team, man. They're not a good Denver team, but they have name recognition. They have, they Von, they have Von Miller. Yep. I think it really comes down to that. You look at, oh, Von Miller versus the Arizona Cardinals. Denver's the easy pick here. I don't think the logic or the reasoning in the public mind is any deeper than that. And that's not like, I don't mean that as an insult. I think just think that's how casual bettors often approach things. Our, our friend Todd Furman says it all the time, and I've said it almost weekly. Casual bettors play teams and player names. Smart bettors play numbers. And for me, the number here, the Broncos are 13th overall in DVOA. The Cardinals are 31st. If you're going to give me a pick you're going to give me a coin flip with those two numbers. I'll take the better team. All right, let me ask you one question to wrap this up. Thursday Night Football. Two minutes left, tie game. Who do you trust more to go 70 yards to get the game-winning field goal? Josh Rosen at home or Case Keenum on the road? Josh Rosen at home with the caveat that I think I'm – probably more like there's going to be more variance with the Cardinals there I think you know the my the expected value is that Rosen is going to get you the win more often there than Keenum um but I think you're going to have some pretty wild fluctuations in the outcome there I know what I'm going to get with the Broncos the case Keenum two-minute drill is turn around and give the ball to the running back the Cardinals are going to try to sling the ball downfield and that you know, then you're getting into some some jump balls for interceptions. Over and like under that. two turnovers for Case Keenum. Push. <laughs> so Thursday night football, folks. There it is. Lynch likes Denver at Pickham. I am all over the Arizona Cardinals. Three unit play is what I'll call Woo! it. I haven't gone there on Thursday night, but I just think when I saw this come out, I, I just knew Arizona was my pick. Decent Saturday slate in college football. Really strong week last week. Four and one. Let me pat myself on the back. Now 21 and 17 on the season. Not very profitable. I made some bad slip ups, but I think I'm seeing the ball better. Let's get to them. Right off the bat, I'm going with Clemson, favored by 17 against NC State. And I know what you're thinking, J Jason, that's a huge number. Clemson didn't cover against Syracuse, AM. Folks. Have you seen the public? They are overwhelmingly on NC State. 
NC State, I think, off a of bye week, Clemson and Trevor Lawrence come out, serve notice that they are definitely the second best team in the nation. Give me the Clemson Tigers, favored by 17 against NC State. Next up, Washington State. Wazoo, baby. Fly that flag. I'm taking them. Favored by three against Oregon. Now, of course, I had the Ducks last week. They shocked Washington. They did get a little bit lucky there. Uh, Gave that one out on the podcast. They weren't great last week. I know they have uh, Mr. Justin Herbert, who is the number one quarterback that everybody's looking at for the 2019 draft. John Elway loves him. The New York Giants love him. But this is a tough spot. A perfect letdown after the big Washington win in overtime. Now they got to go to Washington State. And I'm telling you, if you haven't seen him yet, this quarterback at Washington State, Gardner Michoud. I believe I'm saying that correctly, but he is he's really fun to watch. 19 TDs, lefty, poise in the pocket. Gimme Washington State. Yes, Washington State, favored by three. Next up, Oklahoma. Big number here, favored by eight over TCU. Again, you know I love teams off a bye. Yes, it bit me in the butt last week with Penn State, but I like Oklahoma favored by eight here. They had a week to get angry about the Texas loss. Big bounce back against an overrated TCU team. I mean, they're just not that good. They just lost to Texas Tech. They're only 3-3. Three and three. I like Gary Patterson as much as the next guy. But Oklahoma here, they're back in the college football hunt, I believe, for the playoff. I like them here favored by eight. Uh, I'm saving the best for last, by the way. This is not the best, uh, but Mississippi State, this is the one I had the least amount of confidence in. They're getting six and a half, going to Baton Rouge at night. This is a risky pick, but LSU, they lost to Florida, bounced back and beat Georgia. It's going to be tough for a third straight week to get up for the Bulldogs here. Uh, uh, Mississippi State is off a bye week. Ding, ding. Yes, I love teams off a bye week in college football. Again, the night portion of this scares me, but six and a half, I'll take Mississippi State in a a low-scoring game. Feels like a 17-16 game. Give me the Bulldogs. And finally, listen, I've given out some funny body clock specials here. This one is fishy line. Oh, my goodness, what's going on? Cincinnati, undefeated and unranked, is going to Temple. Reminder, Cincinnati, undefeated and and ranked now. I'm sorry. Cincinnati is undefeated and now ranked. And they're a three-point underdog to Temple? Somebody knows something here. Somebody is aware of something going on in Temple. Give me the owls. Favored by three over undefeated Cincinnati. So there you have it, producer Conrad. Mr. College Football himself, I'm going with Washington State favored by three. Clemson by 17. Oklahoma favored by eight. Temple by three. Mississippi State getting six and a half. Why are you so sweaty? I was watching cops. All right, so uh, sometimes we'll do an extra sweat on the podcast, you know, just because it's fun and gambling is entertainment. Listen, if you love the NFL and you're only doing fantasy, you're totally missing out on the gambling experience. It's heart-stopping. It's frustrating. Boy, two weeks in a row, the Dolphins, man, just absolutely ripped my heart out. And I think we need that in our lives on the weekend. You know, some of us uh, who were not 25, like producer Conrad, going out and on Tinder dating all these nice, fine women and having fun. blowing up his spot. It's fine. I got to say, Lynch, I'm going to give out a couple money line picks here. 
One I love, and it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they're favored by five, but on the money line, you got to put down two hundred thirty-three bucks to win a hundred. Now that not a ton of value there. I just think if you need a winner this weekend, you just absolutely have to have one. This is the spot. I mean, this when we talk about spot, we talk about numbers. This is a great spot for Jacksonville. They're off two bad losses. Bad losses. People are selling Jacksonville stock everywhere. Warren Buffett, the great famous investor, was like, when everybody's fleeing, that's where you want to go and be aggressive. Now, Houston's won three straight. Woo! They've only covered once. I said it earlier in the podcast. Deshaun Watson has been hit 70 times. There's a reason he's been questionable on the injury report for two straight weeks. This dude's getting beat up. And I know the Houston defense, yards per play allowed, they're currently sixth. I'm just going to tell you, they've played one top 15 offense. And that was the New England Patriots in the opener with no Edelman. Okay? They, they played Tennessee. Tennessee has no offense. The Giants' offense is sputtering. Indianapolis' offense is banged up. Dallas's offense is a, kind of a dumpster fire. And Buffalo is dead last. So this great Texans' defense, they ain't beat nobody. So I, I'm going with Jacksonville. They've played a bit of a slightly tougher schedule. Remember, they faced Kansas City. And I know they did face Tennessee and Dallas, yeah. But I like Jacksonville. Minus 233 on the money line in a bounce-back spot. Mr. Lynch, money line pick. Yeah, I think you're probably right. There's not a ton of value in that Jacksonville pick, but I think, obviously, you know the Jaguars are going to win that game more often than not. One place that I see a lot of value on the money line, and to kind of extend your point, allows me to fade almost everyone on the planet, the Cleveland Browns money line, plus 165. Love it against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. According to our friends at the Action Network, a Browns money line play here is getting 5% of the total money. 95% of the money is on Tampa Bay on the money what? line here. Yes, sir. Um, I'm not necessarily a fade the public kind of guy, but we're leaning into it here, and it's because of Jameis Winston. Listen, the Bucks have one of the best offenses in the NFL, no question. But they've struggled to run the ball, mm. both because they haven't necessarily needed to, but also because they've just flat out struggled to run the football. And the Cleveland Browns have one of the best run defenses, one of the best overall defenses in the NFL. I see this game coming down to Jameis Winston having to throw the ball downfield. And when you have Jameis Winston dropping back 35, 40, 45 times in a game, I'm expecting turnovers. The Browns are fifth in the NFL in defensive turnover percentage. The Bucks are 30th in offensive turnover percentage, meaning they're in the top three in turning the ball over. I think this comes down to just that, that Browns defense turning Jameis over. Give me the Browns here, plus 165. Can't believe I'm saying that. Wouldn't have thought it before the season started. But this Cleveland team has really, really impressed me. I think Baker Mayfield probably gets back on track against this lackluster Tampa Bay defense. The Browns get their first road win since 2015. Wow. Good nugget. Now, I want to back up a great point you said. So Tampa Bay is great through the air, not on the ground. They haven't had a 100-yard rusher this season. And the reason I think the public's on Tampa is because they saw Melvin Gordon last week rush for a buck 32. The Chargers had 246 yards rushing, three TDs. 
Cleveland couldn't stop the run, and that's what opened up Phillip Rivers to have some success through the air. I don't see Tampa doing that. I'm with you, Lynch. I love that money line pick on the Cleveland Browns. My next money line pick. Wait, uh, you have another one? I do. You know, I what I had two last week, and I yeah, think I went oh and two. You're putting the extra in extra sweat. That's for sure. Extra, yes, yes, yes. So I actually looked briefly at the Buffalo Bills getting plus two eighty one and. Folks, Derek Anderson is their starting quarterback this year. I don't think he started a game since 2016. I think he rode the bench all last year, maybe appeared in a couple games. Derek Anderson. Better than Nathan Peterman. That's for sure. (laughs) But this line feels inflated, right? I mean, Buffalo is, I think we talked about it Monday. You said how good this Buffalo defense is. They're a top five unit right now. And the thing is, they're elite against both the pass and the rush. They're the second best pass defense in the NFL by DVOA, seventh against the rush. Yeah, so... We know the Colts can't run the football. That's obvious. Marlon Mack is kind of coming back, but he doesn't scare anybody. And we'll see what's up with T.Y. Hilton and Jack Doyle. I think this Buffalo defense keeps it close. And we just saw Sam Darnold and the Jets move the football at will against this Colts defense. I'm not saying Derek Anderson will do that. But all you need is a couple short fields, turnovers, little, you know, get, give me LaShawn McCoy for 30 yards. And they could get out of here with a 12-10 win or something crazy like that. I think, first of all, 7.5 is insane. The Colts are not 7.5 points better than anybody. But Buffalo, plus 281 on the money line, Lynch, can I entice you to do that? Absolutely. I think I, I would, if I were feeling froggy and I really wanted to take a dog this week, I don't mind that line. I actually kind of like it. Granted, the Bills are the worst team in the NFL. 32nd by a long shot uh, in DVOA. But again, Indy doesn't really do anything particularly well. If this becomes a defensive slugfest, you know, yeah, Buffalo at almost 3-1. to I don't hate it. This is one of those weird moments where I actually like your pick better than both of mine combined. I, I love that. Lynch has the Browns uh, on the money line. I, I'm having fun with the Bills on the money line uh, as as well as the Jags. And Jags, no value. But I, I do want to quickly wrap up the podcast. You know, we talked about LeBron at the outset. Lynch, you're a big NBA honk. Uh, I actually hit a three-team teaser uh, on Wednesday night, which is just insanely stupid on my part. But why not? You know, it's an action play. Lynch, as we just said, sports are entertainment. You know, I don't advocate teasers and parlays long-term. That's a dumb strategy. But for fun, you know, I'm watching Jazz Kings last uh, Wednesday night. And I'm like, come on, come on, Jazz, close this out. And they, and they got there. I do want to briefly talk about Lakers Blazers tonight. Now, you you talked about this at the beginning of the show. And the Blazers have beaten the Lakers 15 straight. Yawn. And, uh, you know, LeBron's now in L.A. And I'm seeing all these guys say there's no value on the Lakers because the public's going to back LeBron and the Lakers. Do you believe that? Do you think the Lakers are going to be overwhelmingly public until they start screwing up here in the first couple games? I think they will be overwhelmingly public. I just don't know how public that means they'll be i don't i don't have a great sense if i'm being honest of how regularly casual nba fans are betting on a nightly basis versus futures versus props and i say that because i don't think lakers plus three on opening night when we know they have been very 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 public to open the season for their opening game haven't seen a ton of movement there yeah i it doesn't feel like they're particularly public or particularly sharp. Uh, It's fascinating to me. It really is. We talk about this on NFL and college football a lot. 
public because so much handle is on the games. A regular season NBA game is not going to have anywhere near the handle of even a Patriots-Bears Sunday game, right? So how much does public even matter in NBA betting? And we will do more NBA betting once the NFL season's over. But, I mean, for instance, Houston is coming to the Lakers Saturday night. Listen, that's going to be, you know, a crazy scene. I will be in the building for that one. And I'm telling you, Houston got slaughtered in their opening game. Okay, we saw what they did last season. I don't know. Is everybody going to sell Houston and be all on the Lakers Saturday night? I haven't seen a line, but... And so let's quantify this a little bit, right? Based on the numbers that we have from the Action Network, where they accumulate both the percentage of bets, percentage of money, and then they also accumulate number of bets as best they can. A Thursday night game between the Denver Broncos and the Arizona Cardinals, not the sexiest game we'll ever see, even though it's going to be a great game on Fox, um, versus, that's getting almost four times as many bets as LeBron James' first game with the Lakers. That's how much more juiced the NFL is as a betting market. So again, yes, there will be some public money on the Lakers. Yes, that will impact the line in specific spots, I believe. Uh, But I think there's going to be value on Los Angeles to start this season. I really do. I think LeBron, like you look at this Lakers roster and you think, yeah, LeBron James, he's going, but it's a young team. How are they going to fit together? They signed some weird pieces in Rondo and Lance Stevenson this offseason. I just am a firm believer that even from day one, LeBron James makes everyone around him that much better. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to, if you're able to cash some Lakers bets early in this season. So just so I could make sure I heard it right, there is four times the money on Cardinals-Broncos than there is on the Lakers. Four times the number of tickets. Four tickets. times the number of bets. Okay. That's, I mean, that is significant. Wow. All right. Hey, you keep coming to this podcast. We'll give you that good info. For Andrew Lynch, I am the host, Jason McIntyre. Ladies and gentlemen, good luck this weekend. We will talk to you on Monday.